it's always great when you get the last word. Am I right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 32 of the Real Spies, Real Lives podcast. This is where we talk about writing, spies, and writing about spies. I'm your host, espionage author P.A. Duncan. I'll start off this week's podcast by telling you there'll be no podcast next week because I'll be at a writing retreat. I thought about packing up my little mini studio from my clothes closet and recording an episode there with the other writers that are going to be with me. But the logistics were complicated and a couple of them equated podcasting, even though no one sees you, to peopling and they didn't want to do it. So everything stays here. And the podcast will be back on August 24th. So this week, I'm going to begin talking about the second half of my novella, A Change for the Better. If this is your first time listening, my novella, A Change for the Better, is about the 2016 election. And it was originally two separate novelettes. Who Watches the Watchmen, and Hidden Agendas. I eventually combined them, smoothed things out to make them one complete story. So this week, the part I'll be talking about and reading from is what was originally Hidden Agendas. In this part of the story, I show my having to make a unilateral decision one which she is allowed to do per directorate protocols. Remember, she was an operative for a long time before becoming a manager. Often she or Alexei had to make a decision without consulting the other or anyone else. It's a realm she's comfortable in. Now, personally, I am a believer in participative management. I worked very hard to develop that when I became a manager. Employees need to feel that they are included in a decision and not just need to feel it, they need to be included in decisions that will alter or affect their work life. I felt that way when I was an employee before I became a manager because most of my employees had never been consulted about that type of decision, one that affected their work life. They were skeptical of me at first, but most of them came around. There was the retired Marine, though, who simply wanted his orders. He didn't want to participate in the decision-making. There were times, however, that I had to make decisions unilaterally. I didn't have the time to go consult. And I did it. Again, that was my comfort zone as well. I was a pilot. I had to make decision after decision every time I flew an airplane. 
However, unlike some of my fellow managers, once I made that unilateral decision, I explained my reasoning to the employees after the fact. Now, my success with that was mixed because human beings are human beings, and I accepted some would feel as if I'd betrayed them or pulled the wool over their eyes. So when my who often has to be reminded to make sure to keep her managers in the loop, makes a unilateral decision about the directorate's future, she's ready for the backlash. What her employees don't know is that Mai's predecessor, Nelson, had anticipated the action Mai or any future head of the directorate might have to take, and he made a plan. So, Let's get going with the first reading, then. A Change for the Better Consultation October 2007, Directorate Headquarters Somewhere near Washington, D.C. Nelson's office, because it had been an extension of his living space in Directorate Headquarters, had always been furnished with his collection of art. Modern paintings and sculptures with sleek shapes and hard angles, much like the man himself. Since he'd moved into a nearby condo with his wife and young child, the space was now austere. Mai preferred it that way. It was going to be her office in a few hours. Nelson looked up from a computer monitor when she entered. One last meeting with me, I promise, he said. No problem, especially if I can talk you out of retirement, she replied, but smiled. His smile broadened. Not in a million years. I like having someone to go home to, and I'm hoping to be something in my remaining years I wasn't for a long time. Happy. He sobered and motioned for her to sit in the chair across from his desk. She took a seat, frowning as Nelson engaged his anti-eavesdropping measures. "'I wanted to talk to you about something I hope doesn't ever happen,' he said. "'But the way I see things, this contingency has to be ready to be executed.' "'Should I call Alexei in? I mean, after all, he's going to act as my deputy during the transition. "'No, this is between you and me. Director to soon-to-be director.' When Nigel Hume died, I didn't get the benefit of his innermost thoughts. One, his death was a surprise, and two, he wouldn't have shared anyway. As a result, I found out about a lot of things he had going on by accident. I like being behind the power curve about as much as you do. Consequently, I'm not leaving you in the same situation. Thanks, I think. He didn't smile at that, and mine knew he'd made the switch from jovial friend to serious spymaster. You know, for years, I've been trying to weed out that cabal of rich white men who have a hidden agenda for this country. I thought after the Kansas City bombing, I had them pushed far down, unable to see a way back. They've been quiet during the Arbust administration because he's the guy they groomed. Even so, I've monitored them, even have a few assets in key places, which you know as well. However, I have a reason to believe they'll be on the upswing again, and soon. Why? 
because Congressman Gary Ibori, a black man, is running for president. Well, it's early in that process. He hasn't won a single primary, only because we're a couple of months away from the start of the primary season. He will win primaries, that is. I believe he's going to not only get the nomination for his party, but he's going to be the next president of the United States. If that happens, the cabal's members will go ape shit. Now, I think he'll be a successful president, and I trust you to give him whatever assistance he needs to be that. However, there will be a group of people who can't and won't accept an African-American is the leader of the free world, and they'll be vocal about that. Knowing the Republican Party as I do, they won't be able to resist the racist siren call of their base. They will do whatever they can to undercut him. If he ends up having two terms, that cabal will become a threat again, and we could end up with someone far worse than the fumbling Gordon Arbust. We could end up with an autocrat wannabe determined to undermine everything Ibori does. Then why not stop him from becoming president? Nelson smiled and said, Well, sometimes I forget you were born here. I couldn't do that to my country. It's time we stepped into the modern world where race is concerned. Besides, you'll find there are times when you know you have the power to do something, but exercising that power may not be in the directorate's best interest. Got it? Oh, yes, of course. Should that worst-case scenario happen with the cabal, the best thing for the directorate might be Section 12. Well, you can't be serious. Do I look like I'm joking? She blinked at his tone. He held up a hand in apology. I know this may seem like I'm trying to control things after I leave, but I'm sincere in wanting you to be prepared for any contingency, unlike I was. He showed her a sealed manila envelope. This is a plan for how I think the Section 12 should go. He opened a small drawer on the right side of the desk, dropped the envelope inside, and shut and locked the drawer, handing the key to her. I hope you never have to read it, but there it is. His charming smile returned. Don't switch desk and forget it's in there. My laughed. <laughs> I won't, I promise. A few months ago, I initiated the construction of an alternate facility. He handed her a file folder with top-secret director's eyes only prominent on its front. Here are the plans, specifications, construction schedule, and location. As technology changes, you'll probably need to make adjustments. You said construction has begun. Nelson nodded and said... It'll proceed in stages over the next six to eight years and should be ready 2015-2016. Why so long? So we don't draw too much attention to it. It'll look like an expansion of an existing facility, but it will remain unoccupied. Waiting for a contingency, I hope, never happens. Let's cross our fingers. When the day comes for you to retire, your successor might not feel the need for the facility after all. Right now, you might be questioning my sanity for suggesting this, and frankly, if I'm wrong, I'll apologize to you. 
Go with me on this, and I swear I won't second-guess a single decision you make. To my face, his smile conceded that. I am, however, available for the occasional consultation. My intention is to let you enjoy your new life. That's why I have Alexei as my deputy. And you know that's temporary. She shrugged, but said nothing. Keep tabs on America's right-wing lunatics, my. As you well know, they can go from being a laughing stock to a well-oiled machine. They're like some hydra cut off a head to replace it. And they won't take having a black president lying down. Oh, I'm aware they'll see it as the end of civilization as they prefer it. They'll do anything, anything, to take us back to a lily-white past. Don't let that happen on your watch. If it does, make sure the directorate doesn't get caught in the blowback. I will. He grasped his canes and levered himself to his feet. Good. Now, let's go have that silly quasi-military ceremony where I hand the directorate over to you. And now, it's commercial time. The novella I've been talking about and reading from is on sale for the rest of August. The ebook is only 99 cents. That's a great deal. And next week, in honor of my being at my writing retreat, it's going to be free from Monday through Friday. I'll put the buy link for the novella, A Change for the Better, in the description of this episode. And commercial over. All right, let me set up the next reading. Mai has advised the UN Secretary General of her initiation of Section 12. That's a section of the Directorate's protocols that allows her to decide to move the Directorate out of the United States. Once she's declared it, she can't take it back. Then she returns to her staff to advise them of this big change in not only their work lives, but their lives altogether. Chapter 24, Due Diligence After Mai made her short declaration, nine faces, well, eight, since Shaw already knew, in various expressions of incredulity, stared at her, the silence, as they say, deafening, until they all began to talk at once. Mai let them vent, and she was glad for Shaw's suggestion to brief the station and substation chiefs separately by video conference. The effect on them wouldn't be as intrusive, and they'd be less hostile and less noisy. All right, she thought. The grousing and complaining have gone on long enough. Shaw brought two fingers to her mouth and gave a shrill whistle. Everyone turned to stare at her. I understand how disruptive this will be, Mai said. The head swiveled back to her. Those of you with families, you will use your cover stories to indicate you've been transferred. Your moving expenses will be paid and you will receive all available assistance in procuring housing in the new locale. Won't a sudden influx of people in a new area arouse suspicion? asked Lila Chowdhury. We're going to go over a plan where that will be addressed, 
but a generous use of subterfuge will cover our tracks. Those of you who have no encumbrances, I realize this will have fewer repercussions. However, you will receive the same assistance. Families and friends are not encumbrances, said Lila. A poor choice of words on my part, Mai replied. But isn't your family in India? You'll end up closer to them, actually. Mai's mobile vibrated and she glanced at a text from Shaw. Lila just started a relationship with someone, not progressed beyond several dates, but she considers herself involved. How does Shaw know these things? Mai wondered. The Chicago and Portland stations will remain open. There will be new stations in Boston, Massachusetts, and Austin, Texas, and we'll add others as necessary. They will take some transfers, but if you apply for a transfer to either place, you will not be doing headquarters work. You'll be employees of the station chiefs doing their work and not working for me. Now, some of you might leap at that prospect, so allow me to reiterate. You won't be doing headquarters work from a station. You can only do that from the new headquarters, which, by the way, will not be underground. That perked several of them up, including Lila. There were still, however, varying degrees of disbelief, shock, and a little anger. Understand, I made this decision after careful consideration and due diligence. I didn't consult any of you because this was the type of decision that is my responsibility alone. This is not, and never has been, a democracy, and you know that. I will say what we have here is an opportunity to build a better organization, to start fresh, almost. There will be more than sufficient room for each department, as well as the ability to expand where needed. That won a few more of them over. Right now, what I need from you is acceptance and your own thoroughness in working on the relocation plan. However, if anyone wishes to discuss this with me one-on-one, -on -one, I will make myself available. Bear in mind, though, there can be no debate. I've made the decision, and we have to move forward as quickly and efficiently as possible. We have ten weeks to accomplish this. That engendered another round of muttering. Mai looked at Shaw, who sent a copy of Nelson's plan, scanned right before the meeting started, to each tablet in the room via the Directorate's secure internal network. As the notifications chimed, they all looked at their devices and not at Mai. Good. The scrutiny had bordered on annoying. Nelson developed this contingency plan before he retired. He saw this not only as a potential reality, but, as I said, an opportunity for improvement. His plan is extensive, and you'll see as we go over it, he's outlined each department's responsibilities for the transition. Eh, come on, people, Shaw said, smiling. If I can transition from a man to a woman, you can manage a move. The ice broke completely. The knot in my stomach eased. However, Mai said, this plan is more than ten years old. I'm open to suggestions for improvement or identification of aspects Nelson wouldn't have known to plan for, like, for example, a drone program. 
Don't limit your suggestions to your own department. If they cross organizational lines and make sense, let's hear it. Her staff's heads were bent over their tablets as they made notes and annotations to the plan. She smiled. They were good. They were damned good. And she hoped she'd not lose a single one of them. Let's get started then, she said, with the UN Security and Special Forces. Mason, you're up first. All right, that's enough for today. I realize this one's a little short, but I have packing to do. I hope that tidbit, both of them, intrigues you enough to fork over 99 cents for a copy. I personally believe that's money well spent, but I may be a bit biased. So on Saturday, off to my writing retreat. Indeed, it's really not far from where I live, but it's out of my house. It's with a group of writers who love and support each other. It's focused, hard work, but it's also fun. There's only one problem, though. There'll be few opportunities, unless I scrutinize my fellow writers, to keep an eye out for spies. The proceeding has been a production of Unexpected Paths Media, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Remember, next week there will be no new episode of the Real Spies, Real Lives podcast. I'll be back on August 24th. And Slava Ukraini. <laughs>